The demand for energy is accelerating like never before. New sources are emerging and established ones are evolving. Collectively, all sources will provide the fuel needed to support future global demand. Here on the Energy Scale-Ups podcast, we explore and learn about the people and companies solving today's problems to produce tomorrow's energy needs. Here is your host, Jose Solis. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Halliburton Labs. Halliburton Labs works with early stage companies to help accelerate their growth by providing access to operational expertise, mentorship, as well as financing opportunities as companies prepare to scale. Enter to win their weekly giveaway at HalliburtonLabs.com forward slash giveaway. Hey there, listeners. Welcome back to another episode of the Energy Scalers podcast. I'm your host, Jose Solis. Thank you for joining us today. I want to introduce today's guest, who is Techways XR. And our topic today is going to be how enhanced reality will play a part in the future of energy. So today I have two members of Techways XR. If you would please introduce yourselves. Sure. My name is May Maboob. I am the co-founder as well as the CEO for Techways XR. And my name is Fred Dahl, and I'm the co-founder of Techways XR and president. Awesome. If you wouldn't mind, May, would you give a little bit of your bio and then Fred, when she's done, would you do the same as well? Absolutely. So May from Dallas, Texas, so very close and have lived here for about 20 years, so very familiar with the energy sector. But I come from a background of transforming global brick and mortar companies into innovative market leaders. And I've worked with publicly traded companies as well as equity owned companies. So I specialize in implementing the newest ways of actually growing your business and enhancing the operations and how to maximize investor returns. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Fred? Yeah. Yeah. I was born in Sri Lanka and I was adopted by my Swedish parents. Went to high school, studied abroad in the US and Australia. And then I came into the VR industry and finance and I've been working with that since 2015. And yeah, now we're into the enhanced reality world and on the, my free time. So I write books and uh, yeah. Excellent. How did the two of you meet? That's an interesting question. Sure. I'll kind of tell you about it. I am the more outspoken one. But the way we met is I do a lot of social work on the side. And when COVID hit and we were actually trying to figure out, okay, I'm stuck at home. And I was actually, I previously used to work for a company and employees are furloughed. And you're just kind of trying to figure out with your days being about 50% of what you used to do. So while giving back, I'm actually originally from a country called Bangladesh, which is in Southeast Asia. My parents immigrated here when I was about six years old. So one of the main things that I always valued, not just education, but it's the opportunities that I've been able to receive. And what I always focus on is we could either be excuse driven and say, okay, it's the reason is because of who I am or where I'm from and things like that. Or you just figure out how to go out there and get it and have your voice heard and walk in there with confidence and make it happen. So 
And what I usually do is work with girls in developing countries to build that confidence, to be able to help them with education. So through that foundation, I found a group that actually, they're trying to figure out what to do with child sex trafficking. And these are 10, 12, 15-year-old girls that were born in brothel or was sold into it. And the government can't really help. So I was watching a video where she said, well, on a slow Monday work day, she has to see anywhere between eight to 10 men. And she was 12 years old. So she wished that someone would come marry her off. So I decided that, you know, you could have a green screen and dress someone up. And people usually watch the documentaries and things like that. But and usually it's convenience and time, right? You can't donate time. So people write checks and kind of do it that way. But what if you could actually see through someone else's eyes and be able to experience what they go through on a daily basis or just for a moment, yeah. let's say five minutes. Yeah. So at heard a calling that I had to do something to free them and was trying to figure out how to do that. So see through their eyes. And Fred actually were, has done, happened to do work, wrote a book and work to free work with child sex trafficking and things like that. So he does a lot of charity work. And we kind of came together and had this vision of, okay, this is what our vision is to help these girls provide them with technology where they could technically have some of the resources that we have available, like therapy, if someone wanted to donate a few hours of therapy or education, or just be able to see through our eyes yeah. what life is like here and actually buy them off a of brothel, then how great would it be, even if we could save one life? And how do we do that? Well, you need a lot of money, but we came up with this innovative technology to simplify all of that process because. In a global world like this, it's, it's kind of like language barriers and, you know, you're, you're trying to work, but the communication happens to be off. I mean, I remember my mom trying to learn English after she relocated here and how hard it was for her. And to be able to like provide that within a work organization where you feel more comfortable and you feel confident no matter what your disability is or what you're really, where you come from or what you do. Got Everybody it. sees through your eyes versus your skin or who you are, where you're from. That's interesting. That's really interesting. And so that's what really connect, doing that charity work, humanity work is what connected the two of you. And then that's how you came up with the idea of going down the road of creating enhanced reality products for industries. So Absolutely. You know, what are the different types of enhanced reality and what are the use cases for each one in the energy industry? And you don't have to go like into great detail, but just an overview. Absolutely. Fred, you want to take this one? Yeah, sure. So for each product for the oil and gas industry, the VR product itself, you can do real life 3D mapping in VR trainings. So you can actually do trainings at the platform or at the oil rig. Basically, it feels like in real life, but it's like in a virtual world. And with that, you also have biometric sensors and you can track all the feedback from that person. So you can actually analyze that and then enhance the training or enhance what you need to improve at certain locations or at machine or something like that. The MR glasses 
it's basically the you know the core platform is the remote remote assistance of course but then also you can actually do training with ammo glasses in in real life so that the technician is actually you know out the remote field and then a lot of people at the headquarters or new hires can actually see through his eyes or hers and actually learn from that in real time then we have you know more the enhanced reality with all the features you can actually teleport to a location and actually be there with that technician and then actually experience real life in a virtual world and you can also alter the in the real world with objects and you can interact with of the you know the virtual objects in the real world so you can you can change the environment however you want into trainings or into simulations into how you want to build or fix a product or a machine you can disassemble it or you can interact with it with other people around you and you can actually see them also in real life but it's in the virtual world so there's a difference right because we're talking about augmented reality mixed reality and virtual reality right so out of those different types and there's probably more that I'm not aware of when would somebody choose to use one method or one type of technology over another so when you're talking about VR that is more for the safety and training and everything for maybe someone starting to work at the location okay. at the company but also ongoing so they are up to date with everything that's going on on the ground floor to know they can learn machines they can also learn how to repair machines and they can collaborate together they can design in real life real time objects the MR glasses that is more for the ongoing work day to day and if a technician needs help they can just connect with an, an expert at the headquarters and the, the expert can just press a link log on and see through the technician's eyes so they can get real time access to support and then as well the training in real life the enhanced reality that is more that is like an umbrella for all the technologies integrated together so the enhanced reality that is basically when you mix the, the real world with the virtual world but the technology has come so far so when you actually do enhanced reality it, it it feels like you are in the real world but it's actually a mixed of the virtual world and the real world if you want to do the best you know the highest quality you can actually do you know trainings and interact with objects but it feels like it's in the real world so and you know and integrate that with biometric sensors and all of that it feels like you have i mean you can experience two real worlds you could say interesting so what type of impacts could enhanced reality have on the energy industry and i'm when i say energy industry i mean encompassing all sectors of energy both renewable and non-renewable Absolutely. I'll kind of take this. So when you actually look at it from a business point of view, whether you're in operations or whether you're in more of the construction or a vendor providing the materials needed for the oil rigs or offshore drilling, any of that, one of the main things you really look at it 
to be honest with you, we are actually way behind when it comes to technology versus the rest of a lot of, especially Asia. I actually lived in Singapore for work, building a brand for about four years and got to meet a lot of people from the energy sector, especially Houston, that were working abroad as expats for companies like Shell, as well as Exxon. Mm -hmm. So some of the things we kind of talked about how it was completely different because a lot of times they were approached with more technologically advanced solutions for a lot of the problems you have day to day. So when you look at it, there's a thousand different products that are out there. You've got your sensors, your readers, your gas sensors that analyzes it. And then you have a charging dot that you have to go back to. What if you could simplify all of those processes? And especially as we've kind of seen with getting a hardball thrown our way with COVID, when you look at your operations and the costs you spend, even on your proctors doing OQ testing and a lot of the standardized testing that's done, that could be now done remotely. A lot of times, some of the safety features that are involved, if you're ahead of the game and providing all of that training and being able to be in a virtual world where you could technically create situations that people are exposed to before it even happens, then you've already prepared your staff to deal with situations that could possibly happen. Instead of just reading a book or describing something now that they've experienced it. So it's that in the field training that it provides to have more higher accuracy, safer environment, ultimately it could save lives. A lot of, for example, just in some of the gas leaks that burst and we had, it was all over the news. There were two technicians that actually died from it. One was hurt badly. With situations like that, when you look at it, a lot of it, if you have that instant data that you look at it, it's able to read the pressure, it's able to tell you all of that beforehand, then you're able to do a lot of different protocols differently. And I think one of the biggest challenges within the energy sector is that you continue, if it's not, it, you know that saying, don't fix it if it's, um, if what is it? If it's not don't broke, fix don't, it if it's not broken. Yeah, don't, yeah, if it's not broke, don't yeah. fix it. Right. So that's kind of that same concept that gets used. It's like, okay, we don't need new innovative technology, but actually you do. You're way behind in the game. If you utilize this, imagine the amount of money you would technically operationally save. Imagine how much you're currently paying to have proctors fly in and train standardized OQ testing to do this testing in-house, right? So now if you could have one proctor doing it remotely, and not only that, now you have your accuracy level, you have your percentage that, hey, this recorded for state standardized, it minimizes all of that cost. And now you're able to utilize that to enhance your training, which makes it even better because now you have more higher staff level as to, of course, tenured, you know, you don't have, you cut down on turnover because people are more prepared. People are learning every day. Not only is our AI learning all of that information and giving you that feedback and enhancing your operation, but your staff's also learning. Your technicians are learning. Your technicians feel more supported. And one main thing that I would like to add, like 
as we're researching the energy sector and what type of solutions we're able to offer, one of the biggest challenges is the language barrier. Whether you're working in, you know, there's people from all over the world that you're dealing with, some of the large corporations. So how do you get around that language barrier from your infield technicians all the way up to supervisors and manager level, executive level? Well, that's where we came in and we said, well, we have a solution for you. How about instant translation of up to 60 languages? So far, we have implemented 60 languages in our technology. So I could speak to you in Arabic and you'd hear it, you'd see it in the field in English due to the noise. And you could speak to me in English and I would hear it in Arabic or see it in Arabic. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, because not just oil and gas, but energy obviously is global, right? Every part of the world needs energy. And there are times when people do travel quite a bit for distance, like, you know, to Singapore and other parts of the world to help, you know, further projects for energy, energy projects in those regions. So language could be a barrier, can be a barrier, is a barrier a lot of times. Things get, as they say, lost in translation. So you guys are able to help people really I mean, that that to me is a huge benefit. I mean, obviously safety, you know, reducing your overhead as far as costs when it comes to training and, you know, really making an impact on the bottom line of a business when you implement new technology is always a great thing. And that's always a big motivator, especially, you know, when we look at how energy has done financially over the past few years, you know, it really could help the energy industry recover faster. Out of all of the sectors that you guys have seen in energy, which sector of the industry is leading the way in using this type of technology? I would say it's your solar and your wind. I mean, I was just in actually for a meeting in Corpus Christi and the amount of wind powered energy that's out there that's kind of growing is tremendous. And I think that's an area that sees technology, the use of technology, because innovation is part of solar and how to really utilize our environment as part of the energy, right? So I think that's where they adopt a lot easier into these technology, but energy in general, I think it all ties in together. Energy is energy. And without it, we, you know, the world wouldn't go on. So I think if what our main point of this is that we don't want to create 10 different software that you have to kind of go to. What if you're able to connect every part of energy, whether, like I said, whether it's the construction pieces or your actual technician, or even at the corporate offices throughout different energy sector from your vendors to where it it analyzes the product you're supposed to use, or if it's, for example, a lot of the chips and different in different industries that they've been out of, lumber, having that shortage. What if you could connect everyone globally, all organizations, every piece of energy organization, what they utilize, be able to read live articles or data or even watch your podcast? <laughs> Through our headset, if you're able to do that and connect it, how much better would our energy sector be? That's interesting. So companies that are, let's say, let's say energy companies that have not yet integrated this type of technology into their business, how do they integrate it in and what are some of the steps that they can take to to start that process? Absolutely. So take a look at what your current needs are. And I'm not saying, hey, of course, I'm going to say it at the end, that call me. 
shoot me an email. We want to help. We are ultimately out there to make a change, to make a difference. Every member of our team comes from a background with high-level expertise in helping organizations and how to really build organizations and create it, keep it connected. And the best part is when you're looking at your operational system, as far as training, what sector or section of your business can you enhance? Is it training? Well, even if it's recruiting, take a look at, okay, why do I have such a high turnover? What are some of the areas that I could work on? Everyone has challenges. What are your challenges? Take a look at that. If it's your recruiting, then absolutely implement the VR. Have better training content available. The language translation would definitely help. If it's your operations as far as inventory or being able to communicate those pieces together into the field and making sure you have all of your supplies, we're able to help with that. So first thing would be to analyze what your challenges are. And of course, come to us with it. We do customize solutions for every organization based off of the needs of the organization. Our technology, we purposely made it modular so we can, as part of our research and development, continue to add more capabilities to make it one simple process, one simple solution. Just like part of our research and development, we're actually working with the sensors, with the gas sensors, to be able to have those in your headsets and be able to say, okay, it can detect carbon monoxide or it can detect what what percentage of it is, instead of having a separate sensor, calibrating it and going out there and reading it and seeing it. So it's we're cutting down that entire process into one simple process that it automatically detects it, it tells you beforehand, and it connects with that preventative technology. That's interesting. So it's almost, you know, like with, you know, these things, right, our, our cell phones, there's so many things that are in this that we used to carry separate pieces of equipment, calculators, video recorders, you know, cameras, voice recorders. I mean, all these things, right? Like notepads, everything, right? Now we have it all in one. So this is like that next version, really, right? Where you can see everything and you don't even have to hold it in your hand. It's just in front of your eyes. Yeah. That's interesting. What are some of the, and this is my last question, what are some of the risks that companies should be aware of before investing in enhanced reality? What, what should they consider before they make that decision? Or what are some of those risks as well like that they need to consider? Absolutely. It's one of the main risks that we've analyzed is that adaptation. Having your organization be open to adopting this technology. If they aren't open to it. We provide with so much training and support that goes behind it because we understand that changes can be difficult, but changes are always for the better to enhance solutions. So, And we're solution-driven. So that's one of the risks that we've noticed that as far as looking at the initial cost of it, implementation cost, and not seeing the ROI behind it. Because there's so much just besides just saving that actually once implemented helps an organization that they're not looking at the bigger picture. 
it's more immediate to what can it do for me right now versus, okay, once it's implemented, this is what I can see in 90 days, six months to a year, or even a couple years. And again, like I kind of mentioned, it's a lot of what we've even come across is there's so much out there, so many different software that people don't realize that what we're trying to cut down is all of your softwares that you utilize, all of the different things you have to learn, which what we want to do is make learning easier and simplify it. So as we really haven't had a whole lot of pushback versus the just the energy industry, just sector and on its own, just thinking, okay, well, my technician might won't use it. Or we already, you know, we have a certain technique that we do, or we have our SOP that we kind of follow. So it's that implementation piece. Sometimes I just go, let me just show you, and I can set up the entire process. I'll work with your technician in the field if I have to, because it will change the entire organization and it will change how you view everything in general. And that's, you know, it's funny because when we were creating our vision statement and we wanted to see, okay, what do we do? We want to change the world? No, we want to be different. Everybody's out there to change the world. We don't want to change the world. The world's going to continue to change even after us. What we want to do is change how people view the world and through in ways in techno- through technology, because technology is going to continue to advance. I mean, we've seen how far we've come even within healthcare, and innovation is always going to be there. It's just, do you want to be ahead of the game or do you want to be behind it? Because I'll tell you, a year from now, everybody's going to be talking about, oh, yeah, MR, mixed reality, virtual, we already have it. That's what we're doing. I mean, who would have thought softwares and all of these other sensors and things would be implemented, right? 10 years ago. So get ahead of the game. I mean, you want to be technologically advanced, and, and that's your selling point even to people you recruit or vendors you work with. That's true. That's really true. So- How can the listeners find out more about your company and connect with you guys? Absolutely. So we are on LinkedIn. It's TechWaysXR. You could go to TechWaysXR.com. My email is May at TechWays.com. Fred at TechWays.com. We have sales at TechWays. So we have in Facebook. Techways XR. We're on every social media channel. You can always go to our YouTube page, Techways XR, and we have videos of our technology in the energy sector that you can see. We're working with other sectors as well. One of the things that I forgot to mention that's really neat that we just implemented is for safety purposes, saving lives in the field. Through our glasses, you're actually able to connect to a healthcare professional right when the incident happens. And we're trying to connect that with workers' comp and different services that way. So even if they're way out in the field, you're able to get that immediate cut down on the response time and have immediate help for safety purposes. So that just elevates the level of employee benefits that you're able to give within your organization. So awesome. Yeah, and uh, as well as all the certifications and the explosive proof AR headband as well. So we have everything, uh, we have everything good to go. 
Nice, nice. Yeah, OSHA certified, ANSI certified, all of the certifications. Well, I thank you so much for being guests today. And I really appreciate you, you know, going into such detail of enhanced reality and some of the things that you guys are doing as far as like, you know, the charity work and things of that nature. I really appreciate that. That's awesome. Audience, thank you for listening. I really appreciate you guys showing up today. And before we go, I want to remind the listeners to enter the win the weekly giveaway, the Halliburton Labs backpack. You got to get one, but you got to enter to win. And also be sure to rate, review, and connect with us if you have any feedback about the show. Again, May, Fred, thank you so much for being guests today. I can't wait to hear more about your journey and watch the industry really start to adopt mixed reality, enhanced reality, and see where it goes in the future. Thanks so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you, listeners. Bye, everyone. Bye. Hey, everybody. It's Savannah from OGGN, and here are the events on deck for August 2021. This month, we have five events, but if you'd like the full list, you can click the link in the show notes to sign up for our events newsletter. We send it out every month, and it includes more info about the events I talk about here. We even include events that occur two months ahead of time, so if you're interested in always staying in the loop about oil and gas events, make sure to check that out. This month, OGGN will be hosting our monthly happy hour at the Cannon in Houston, Texas on August 26th. Our July happy hour was a hit, so if you weren't there for the last one, we hope to see you there this month. At this event, you'll be able to meet some of OGGN's hosts, network with other oil and gas industry professionals, all while enjoying great food and drinks. Other than OGGN's events, we have three in-person events and one hybrid in-person and online event. First up, we have our three in-person events. The first being OTC, or the Offshore Technology Conference, at NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas, from August 16th to the 19th. Next, we have the IPAA Leaders in Industry Luncheon at the Petroleum Club of Houston on August 17th. And lastly, we have the 2021 Connected Plant Conference at the Renaissance Hotel in Austin, Texas from August 30th to September 2nd. Other than our three in-person events, we have our hybrid event, which is NAPE, or the North American Prospect Expo. Now this summit is a hybrid event because it's both online and in-person. The in-person portion of the event will be from August 18th to the 20th at the George R. Brown Convention Center, while the online portion of the event is from August 9th to September 3rd. If you have any questions about these events or any podcasts within the Oil & Gas Global Network, make sure to reach out to me through my email in the show notes. That's all for August. I hope you guys have a great month, and thanks for tuning in. Join us again next week for another episode of the Energy Scale-Ups podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.